Hey, Dr. Bill Sinyard here with another Gospel Rant, Shame Meter 2020. We're looking at some of the Oscar-nominated Best Picture films to determine on that scale, 0 to 10, how much shame and loneliness are evident or core to the plot or the characters, or in this case, the response. Our premise is that there is such a social stigma to shame and loneliness. I mean, it's everywhere around us, and we're immersed in both of them. But there's a stigma, so we can't talk about them or name them. And so the idea is that if we can point them out in films, maybe we can begin to name them in our own lives. We've already looked at Joker. We gave it a 9.9 on the scale, maybe even a 10. 1917 and Parasite, both nines. So today we're going to look at the hit film Little Women. Well, this is the latest remake of Civil War era Louisa May Alcott's Little Women, uh, written around 19, I mean, 1869. It remains an enormously popular uh, book. It focuses on four sisters in a middle-class New England family that falls into hard times financially. It gives great insight into the changing position of girls and women in American society then and honestly since. And though there has been great change, much more is required. It's the primer of the times, these times where regular people thought about issues related to class and gender and friendship and marriage and parenthood and a range of other issues, just like today. Now, to say it's popular, really, that's kind of an understatement. Uh, It has 12 adaptations made for TV. The book has inspired six feature films. So nobody is surprised by how this This movie turns out uh, there's no twist and turns in the story that hasn't been developed. I mean, this latest one has some has some uh, adaptations, but uh, everybody goes into the movie theater uh, knows what's going to happen. Now, having said that, a number of folk were upset, to say the least, that this particular adaptation of Little Women was snubbed by the Golden Globes and SAG. And some were even tossing charges of gender bias. Uh, I mean, it fits with at least one of the major themes of the film. But but on the other hand, it received six Oscar nominations. That's not bad, including Best Picture, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actress. It won the Oscar for Best Costume Design. I mean, not a bad day, honestly. Is this a snub? Is this gender bias? I'll, I'll come back to it. Joe Seorsi Ronan is the hub of this new adaptation, and she does an excellent job, by the way. She's a writer, uh, Joe is a writer, who wants to be known for her writing as a woman. But she's coming up against true gender bias in the 1860s, and it's only at the end of the movie when the editing powers that be relent and publish her book to great success. And Joe says, interesting, one of the great lines, women, they have minds and they have souls as well as just hearts. And they've got ambition and they've got talent as well as just beauty. And so I'm sick of people saying that love is just all a woman is fit for. But I am so lonely. Excellent. That's a great, great, great line. All right. uh, So let's look at shame. One of shame's pillars is being or feeling excluded. You feel like you have gifts or stuff or calling, product or book uh, uh, 
that's something that's that's good and good enough to be considered and yet there's barriers or people or people groups that exclude you and you feel excluded and that kicks in a whole bunch of shame family of emotions and we've all felt that many times uh, but if the truth were known, minorities feel it more than the rest. I mean, I get that. My two young adult daughters would say that I'm absolutely not the right person to write about gender snubbing. I'm 63 and white, privileged male. And they're, they're probably right. But honestly, this is my podcast, after all. So I, I make this invitation to you. If you feel slighted or miss or underrepresented or offended, make a comment. Kindly, please. And, and make it kindly. I'm old and shame-prone myself. Maybe this will help. All of us. All of us. We have this in common. Male and females, white, black, brown. All of us desire what David Zoll refers to as enoughness. I really like this. I hope it helps. Here's what he writes. It's a long quote. I apologize for that, but it's worth it. Listen carefully, and you'll hear the word enough to everywhere, especially when it comes to the anxiety, loneliness, exhaustion, and division that plague our moment to such tragic proportions. You'll hear about people scrambling to be successful enough, happy enough, thin enough, wealthy enough, influential enough, desired enough, charitable enough, woke enough, good enough. We believe instinctively that were we to reach some benchmark in our minds, then value, vindication, and love would be ours. That if we got enough, we would be enough. Jonathan Haidt recounts in his book, The Righteous Mind, that an obsession with righteousness is the normal human condition. He continues, The longing for some form of righteousness is not an aberration perpetuated by capital R religion, but a foundation of what it means to be human. We want to feel good about ourselves, and so we edit our personalities to maximize the approval of others. Or we exaggerate hardships to make ourselves seem more heroic and others more villainous. And, and side note, by the way, maybe that's what's happening uh, related to the movie? I don't know, just saying. Okay, um, back to the quote. Quote, the theological and psychological term for the energy we expend for the sake of feeling righteous is self-justification, and it cannot be overstated as a motivation in human affairs. Uh, again, he continues, if you want to understand what makes someone tick or why they're behaving the way they are, trace the righteousness in play, and things will likely become clear. Your colleague who can't stop working, odds are she equates busyness with worthiness. Your perpetually single friend who can't seem to find someone who measures up to his standards, it could be that he's looking to another person to complete him, to make him feel like he's enough. What about you? Maybe the reason you can't stop scrolling through your social media feed is because it confirms how righteous your opinions about others or yourself are. Or maybe on some level you can barely admit to yourself. You believe that if your latest post on Facebook gets enough likes, you'll finally like yourself. Uh, whenever you're most tired, look closely and you'll likely find self-justification at work, the drive to validate your existence, to assert your lovability uh, via adherence to some standard of enoughness. That's David Zoll from Seculosity. Uh, look, I, I, this is not just, this is everybody. This is all of us. We're looking for this sense of enoughness and, and we don't feel like we have it. We're all looking for it and fight for it. If, if it, if it it becomes a struggle for other things, but at its root, its relational enoughness is what we really, really, really want. It's how we're wired. So in Little Women, Joe wanted to feel enoughness. As a matter of fact, all the characters did. It's not just a women thing. It's a, it's a male thing, too, just like I do, my beyond-middle-aged white maleness. So in Joe's mind, being a published author was a path to experience that versus being married, and no judgment. But her passion expanded by the end of the movie to include both, but... 
And each of the daughters had their own definition of perceived enoughness. And when they bumped up against a barrier, right, shame kicks in, being excluded kicks in, rage, anger, uh, all different kind of shame family of emotions. So when your enoughness is invalidated or withheld or crushed behind stupid societal barriers, right, or cultural norms, right, you will feel shame and shame family of emotions. One author put it this way, I feel like an outsider or a loner, lonely, misunderstood, like I don't belong, unpopular, uncool, unwelcome, left out, shunned, excluded, weird or strange, second tier, less important than that people are avoiding me, overlooked, forgotten, invisible, despised. And so shame's voice is, what's wrong with me? So back to uh, the critics who lament that little women's enoughness is being hindered by male film critics and viewers. It could be. I can't say what's in other males' brains and hearts and biases. Now, for me, as best as I can tell, my, my enthusiasm was doused by my initial reaction. What? Another little women movie? I mean, really? Uh, now, the root of that reaction... I don't know. I mean, you may want to judge me, and please kindly put the gracious comment in the podcast. But truthfully, it seems to me that both 1917, Parasite, Joker, and Ford and Ferrari were just better films. Best actress, Renee Zellweger's Judy Garland was generational. It's just my opinion. And having said that, I can't speak towards the bent of Neanderthalism in, in Hollywood. I mean, it obviously appears to be there. Or the film critics' ranks, don't know. Little Women was a really good film. Even I was surprised, and C.R.C. Ronan deserved a nomination for Best Actress. Good for her. By the way, I am totally convinced she's going to have many such nominations and Oscars by the time she's finished. She's a super talent. Now, having said that, I don't know if there's bias, but I'm definitely not going to take away anybody's First Amendment rights to lament bias, because they could be, right? Or their fears honestly, may be influenced by years of societal, uh, cultural uh, prejudice and discrimination and bias against women as a whole. Yep, probably. I mean, you know, if there's enough smoke, there's fire. I get that. So no doubt it's around. Uh, One of the actors who plays the rough, dismissive publisher, Mr. Dashwood, said it pretty strongly. Quote, I just don't understand it. I'm really flummoxed by it. I mean, I'd like to think that there are a lot of other factors for why somebody maybe doesn't want to tune in because they, I don't know, that they've seen too many versions of Little Women. It looks a little too light or too Christmassy. I don't know what the hell it is, but please tell me it's not because it's a movie about women. I just can't believe we're still having this effing discussion where movies by men and about men and for men are considered default movies, and women's movies fall into this separate and unequal category. It's absurd, he adds. Well, uh, I I agree. So you decide. Uh, I want to close by talking about real enoughness. I mean, this is a Christian gospel app site, forgivingpath.com site. So is there anything to be done when I'm lacking enoughness uh, other than me working harder? or crushing barriers, or getting angry and fighting back. Is there another thing that can be done, right? If I'm feeling less than enoughness, immediately what's going to kick out of me if I'm if it's just normal humanity is shame and shame families emotions. So yes, of course, for you who are Christians, you who are children of God, within whom the Holy Spirit dwells, whatever that means and wherever that is, you have access to a true enemy of shame, 
of lack of enoughness. John Calvin speaks of passion, the wheelhouse of the Holy Spirit, the secret workings of the Holy Spirit is to make you, that's important, not you trying harder, not you proving, not you getting a break, but to make you, from his power, not yours, make you feel just how much God adores you. All because of what Jesus did for you 2,000 years ago. God loves you as much as the Father loves the Son, and the Son loves the Father. And it's powerful love, it's filling love. You can be filled to all the fullness. You can be made enoughness for a little bit, right? Not perfectly, that's heaven. But once you experience that, which is only by the power of the Spirit, you'll begin to feel more enoughness. God loves you no matter how many enoughness barriers have been in your way, how many barriers have crushed you or held you back, how other people react towards you, how many times you're rejected or held down. And I'm not justifying the actions of others shaming you and causing you to feel the lack of enoughness here. It's just, I'm saying that God feels that you are enough and he can make you sense that through the Holy Spirit. And by the way, he will not love you more if you are more enoughness or or whether you're a man versus a woman or a woman versus a man. In fact, many of the women in scripture had heroic faith compared to their male counterparts. I mean, I just mentioned Mary, Elizabeth, Moses' mom and sister as just a couple of examples. Uh, But often the women are heroic uh, in God's book. So Jesus' love for you and his sense of honor towards you requires that, that others even answer for their withholding enoughness from you where it's deserved, right? Jesus cares about that. There's going to be justice, a shame-free justice. That's something that Jesus was willing to die for. And, and uh, that, that's good news. You will not experience all of this perfectly. We're not saying that because that's withheld until heaven. But you should notice more enoughness because you ask the Holy Spirit to make you feel it. And our suggestion is to develop a habit of asking the Holy Spirit to make you feel that. You can go to the website, www.gospel-app.com, for some suggestions. Uh, You can get some prayer cards that give you words, right? We're not going to tell you to just do something and not tell you how. You can read them aloud twice a day, and it will make a difference. And the key is the habit, multiple times a day. Also, go to The Forgiving Path, www.forgivingpath.com. See, often shame and mistreatment and being withheld from your enoughness settles in your brain as an injustice or an unfairness. So if there was a powerful way to access justice, give you the trial that you've been wanting for, so that you can begin to forgive without shame, a fair forgiveness— Wouldn't that be great? Uh, And that's what Forgiving Path is all about. Check it out. Tell your therapist about it. It only takes two or so hours, and you can experience something really cool. All right, back to the film, The Shame Meter. Uh, Drum roll, please. We're going to give it not a 9, not a 9.7. We're going to give it a a 5. It really is a feel-good film. I mean, there's some tragedy in the film, but there's resolution at the end. It has that classic happy ending where where the, the daughters, and Joe in particular, is both published and married. Good for her. Honestly, Joe doesn't need the Oscar because she's very successful in her life. And it looks like in the end, the final scenes, she's she's got plenty of enoughness. So we're going to give it kind of a medium range because there is some struggle back and forth by all the characters. But we'll give it a pretty low score, five. Um, so good on them. All right, we're done for now. Check out the next Shane Meter Gospel Rant when we'll take a look at another Best Picture nominee. Uh, should be fun. See you next time on the Gospel Rant.
The love of God is immeasurable. It's unchanging. It's indescribable. Because God loves you so much, you can sleep through the night in peace. With Abide Bible Sleep Meditation, you can fall asleep fast with relaxing sleep stories based on Scripture. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Bible Sleep Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.